Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. We just entered year three of the pandemic, and while it may be hard to remember everything from the beginning of this crisis, you might remember this. It's March 2020 in the Soma district of San Francisco. Neighbors are cheering and clapping for essential workers, including first responders and those on the front lines of food and delivery services. For a short while, at least, it felt like people were united by the gratitude we had for those who kept society moving while many of us quarantined at home. Remember that? As the Omicron surge wreaks havoc across industries, we're going to take a close look at one of them. Restaurant owners and workers are struggling, and they're feeling forgotten. The food industry has had it rough. They've faced persistent staffing shortages, increased costs thanks to inflation and supply chain issues. And now the Omicron wave is causing steep drops in revenue. Workers are getting sick and losing hours. And this time around, neither the workers nor the restaurants they work for will get anywhere near the federal financial help they got two years ago. Today, Fifth Emission producer Karen Creighton takes us into the hardships of the Bay Area's restaurant and food industry. Businesses are asking for federal relief and local assistance, and many people, especially workers, are asking for the same empathy they got at the start of the pandemic. Here's Karen Creighton in Oakland. Um, can I get uh, three of each? Yeah. Bake Some is a popular Asian-American bakery down the street from the Grand Lake Theater. It's owned by Joyce Tang, who opened up the shop at the start of the pandemic. It was just a nightmare, and some of my employees couldn't find any rapid tests to be had either. Like other Bay Area restaurant owners, Tang is struggling with the Omicron surge. She has 14 employees, and each day she balances the safety of her staff with keeping her business open. I've gotten to the point where I know when the drops of rapid tests are going to come at my local CVS and I wait in line in the morning to go get the the two tests or the four tests or whatever the maximum limit is for that day. Tests are critical for businesses like Tang's, but they're in short supply. Nearly one in five COVID tests in California are coming back positive and hospitalizations in the Bay Area are reaching record highs. But most Bay Area counties are not putting new restrictions in place like they did during last year's surges. Few additional government services have been offered. Workplaces are even more risky, and employees have to isolate and quarantine because of Omicron's fast transmission rates. With little guidance from the government, Tang has tried to keep her employees safe upgrading to KN95 masks, not allowing customers indoors, and serving them from the doorway behind a plastic barrier. Even after having done that, it wasn't enough to keep our team protected. We, we still had a couple of cases that did happen on the team. We're just trying to recover from that now. In early January, Tang closed her shop for a few days after employees were exposed to COVID. 
you know, it, it would just have been a crazy waterfall effect. Um, you know, we lost a ton of revenue. We have upset customers at us. It was a tough decision that we had to make, and it wasn't one that we wanted to make. But not every business can afford to make that choice or wants to. Businesses have been left pretty much on their own during this surge, and margins are tight. Workers are struggling, too. Public health directives have been confusing. At the end of December, the CDC shortened the recommended isolation time after testing positive to five days, with no requirement for a negative test result before returning to work. To confuse matters even more, California has its own timeline. Workers who test positive are able to leave a five-day isolation after testing negative if they can find a test. I think that means we will have people who return to work without the benefit of a negative test. Those are things that harm both workers as well as fuel uh, the transmission in the rest of our location. Dr. Kirsten Bibbins-Domingo is a physician at San Francisco General Hospital. She is also chair of epidemiology and biostatistics at UCSF. She conducted a study last year that shows essential workers, especially those in food and transportation industries, are among those at highest risk of death from COVID-19. An important recognition in in the work in restaurants is that while we as customers think of the risk being us being there, the risk in a restaurant is is as much to the back of the house, the the cooks who are working in tight working environments um, uh, and who continue to work in those environments when there's transmission happening. Bibbins Domingo says there's real pressure for people to be at work because so many are out sick, and a lot of people can't afford to take a week off. For many, the dilemma is between putting themselves at risk of contracting COVID at their job and passing it on to their families, or simply choosing not to work and losing both income and health insurance. It was scary when I found out that I was positive. Maria Rodriguez works as a shift lead at both Burger King and Urban Tortilla in the San Francisco International Airport. Airports are particularly risky. Food service workers there are face-to-face with hundreds of travelers each day. After Rodriguez's husband was laid off at the start of the pandemic, she decided to keep working so she could hang on to her family's health insurance. Then, during the Delta surge in August, she got COVID and passed it on to her 7-year-old daughter. It was very, like, emotionally draining for myself because knowing that my daughter got it because of me, something that I could have prevented if I didn't go to work. But then I was I was basically stuck in a wall choosing my family or my health care. Because if I didn't go to work, we didn't have health care. Now, during the Omicron surge, Rodriguez is facing that same risk. You know, every day I'm, the phone is ringing and people are calling out because they have it. Employers are asking them to come back in five days because of their new rules that CDC is given. And coming back to work in five days, I think is ridiculous. I feel like we're just going to go around circles. Dr. Bibbins Domingo says a prolonged pandemic means workers need more guaranteed protections. When there is lack of protection of wages, lack of paid sick leave, um, lack of uh, job security to return after a period of time off, all of those are going to um, affect uh, the likelihood that that somebody is is actually even uh, willing to seek a diagnosis. And uh, that is something that puts both workers at risk, puts workplace environments at risk, and frankly, continues to fuel the pandemic for, for everyone. 
More with Karen Creighton after a quick break. What kinds of assistance are available to restaurant owners and employees right now? And even though they're at the highest risk of COVID-19 death, food workers are currently at risk of losing their medical coverage. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. There was a lot more help for restaurant owners and workers at the start of the pandemic. State and federal aid programs like the CARES Act and the Paycheck Protection Program were available, but even that aid didn't always get to the right people. Now, many of those federal programs have ended, or they aren't accepting new applications, and businesses are having to fight over spots in the few remaining programs. Local programs are trying to help. San Francisco recently extended its Right to Recover program, which provides $1,000 to city residents who test positive for COVID and can't afford to take 10 days off work to isolate. And this week, Governor Newsom and state lawmakers reached an agreement to require employers to increase paid sick time from a minimum of three days to one week guaranteed for full-time employees and up to two weeks with a positive test result. That's helpful, but many restaurants are saying that without federal aid, local and state assistance won't be enough. Then there's the issue of health insurance. More than half of Californians rely on their employers to provide coverage. Anand Singh is the president of Unite Here Local 2, a union representing hotel, hospitality, and food service workers in San Francisco. He says many workers are at risk of losing their health coverage. Workers are finding themselves in a place where they're being asked to be these frontline workers. And at the same time, uh, their employers are shorting their hours, increasing their workloads, and um, to the degree to which workers aren't qualifying for health care. In the midst of this uh, now new surge with Omicron and this deadly global pandemic, you have so many of these frontline workers who are not covered uh, by health insurance. Molly Gomez has worked for HMS Host at the airport for 41 years. She was furloughed from her job as a server in March 2020. She subsisted off of savings and unemployment insurance, but it wasn't enough. I blew through my savings. This is the first time I've ever been on unemployment insurance in my entire life. Mentally, physically, financially, it was a disaster. Gomez, who is 64, returned to work in August when she felt safe enough after getting her second vaccine dose. But she got COVID in December and missed two weeks of work. Just saying I had COVID was scary enough. I lucked out. It didn't turn into something bad for me, but it very, very well could have. Gomez hasn't had health insurance since July. She hopes to have accumulated enough hours to qualify again in February. They're giving me part-time, and they're giving a lot of people part-time when they really could be giving full-time. And that affects you having insurance. I'm only working four days, so that means that I'm on the border of every month not being able to make my quota of hours to actually be covered. Workers like Rodriguez and Gomez emphasize the importance of having universal health care especially as people's hours are being cut because of slower business during the surge. It's a terrible thing to have your health care tied to your income and your job because it was a double whammy to lose both. Anand Singh, the union president, says the pandemic has revealed the gaps in health care protections for some of our most vulnerable yet essential workers. The fact that we have a health care system that allows for working people to lose their health care in the middle of a deadly global pandemic 
so that they're not going to the doctor, they're not you know seeking medical treatment when they do get sick, is uh, it should be unacceptable. At the start of the pandemic, people saluted healthcare and other essential workers with nightly applause. But now, many of these same workers are being referred to as unskilled. My low-skilled workers, my cooks, my dishwashers, my messengers, my shoeshine people, those who work in Dunkin' Donuts, they cannot—they don't have the academic skills to sit in a corner office. Eric Adams, the new mayor of New York, took a lot of heat for that comment earlier this month. Maria Rodriguez, the shift leader you heard from first, says that sentiment is insulting. Don't minimize us because we're risking our health for you. Give us the respect like you would want to receive and understand that behind the glass, we have families that we have to go home to and we're risking our health. Back at Bake Some Bakery on Grand Avenue in Oakland, Joyce Tang recognizes the risks her employees face. We do have sick leave on the team, which uh, folks are able to utilize if they need to quarantine. So that is always an option, but margins are super tight. With little help on the horizon, she's relying on industry peers to keep her going. All the community has come together pretty strongly to share resources and share knowledge. Um, But, you know, we've had to put that together ourselves. It's not a great feeling to have to have had made so much progress and then now feeling like we're we're taking several steps backwards. It feels like we're very much in an ocean on our own, trying to just weather this storm all over again. For Fifth and Mission, I'm Karen Creighton. Karen Creighton is a producer for Fifth Emission. She reported this episode with script editing by me, King Kaufman, and Sarah Feldberg. You can find continued coverage of how the Omicron surge is affecting Bay Area essential workers on sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. Thanks for listening. <laughs>